Look, all I wanna do is make the city proud, yeah Wishing all the OGs could see me, nah, nah, yeah And when you feel something you can't see But you know it's meant to be You gon' realize that this is bigger than me, yeah Happy Monday, everybody. I am so excited. I know they say this every time I get on here, but I'm so excited to be talking to you guys yet again. Welcome to another episode of Mad Mondays. My name is Marilyn Chanel, and I am your hostess, and I'm also the founder of Minorities Who Are Astonishingly Driven Scientists aka Mad Scientists. And Mad Scientists is a nonprofit organization that aims to teach underrepresented minorities that they are graced to dominate STEM. And here we're going to be talking about creating dangerously because we create not just in the field for a check, not just for money, not just for the status, not just because your parents gave you a profession to go into because they were like, this is going to look good for the family and this is going to make you the most money. No, we go into here because we know that we are graced to dominate it. We know that we were called because God has graced us to dominate in STEM. So here, as you can see by our title, I have to give a little backstory about this and it is Create Dangerously. So I'm going to give a little quick backstory. I'm going to give myself like less than a minute to explain. And here we go. Okay. So I had this guy in college who I always looked up to. He was so inspirational. I swear he knew how to just move people. He knew how to dress. He was very nice and also a great speaker. But one thing about him is that he was just so wise and intelligent for someone who was young in age. And so I was talking to him one day on campus and he had this collection of books that he had that he pulled out his book bag. And we're having some conversation about life and just existing and just, I, I know it was a conversation about life. We're just talking about dreams and goals and all that, but he pulled out this book and this book was a collection of the works of Albert Camus. And he talked about this book and he talked about creates dangerously and how Albert Camus was saying that even though things may be tough and when you're creating as an artist, you may be going against your grain, you have to create dangerously. And I'm telling y'all, like, I wish I could see the way I'm looking right now, <laughs> but the way that he said it, he was like, create dangerously. I said, okay. And Honestly, that was two years ago. And when I was coming up with a topic to have, I all I could hear was his voice was create dangerously. And this is why I'm going to give you all a lesson. Make sure you always listen to people because you never know what you'll you'll never know. You never know. You may meet it later. And here I am two years later from having that conversation from the guy that was very inspirational that I looked up to talking about the very book or yeah, the very book 
that he showed me with the piece in it titled Create Dangerously. And so we're going to be talking about that. But when I read this book, and being honest, I didn't read it right away. I read it exactly almost two years after meeting him, of after him saying it in its entirety. And when I read it, I immediately took the spin and seen myself as how could this relate to me as someone who's pursuing a career in STEM. So today we are going to be talking about Albert Camus' Create Dangerously, the power and responsibility of the artist. And we're going to be talking about how this applies to you, to me, to anybody who's pursuing a career in STEM. So. Just a little bit about Albert Camus. Honestly, you may recognize this name if you've had a teacher who had you read Albert Camus in some type of class. I know I did, but I know I did, especially in college. I had a teacher who talked about one of his pieces and we had to talk about it in class and have a discussion on it. So the name really rung when I seen the book. But Albert Camus is a French novelist, he's an essayist, he's a playwright, he is a famous Nobel Prize winning philosopher. And like many of us, Albert Camus questioned the meaning of life. And he gave plenty of lectures throughout his life. And one lecture that he gave was on create dangerously. And someone, and um, it actually, someone actually put this into a collection of his, his works and put it into a book. And so that's how we're able to read it today. And we have Create Dangerously. And so just a little bit about Create Dangerously before I dive into some of my favorite points of this work by Mr. Camus. Well, Create Dangerously was written after World War II. And so what Camus was saying in Create Dangerously, it, it was a call to artists and he was saying that you can create but you it's also your duty it's almost as if you have to address political and social injustices of your time so you aren't just there to just put out your artwork and go because it's something that you like doing, it's something that you love. But he was calling all artists that because you are a part of this time, you can't stay silent about the injustices that are going on in your world. And I felt that this was so timely because if you were a part of the 2020, and yes, you had to name it the 2020, you kind of know what I'm talking about, about the injustice, the racial injustices that were going on. But... Camus was saying that you use your art to bring light to the public. You push for change and you speak for the voiceless of those whose voices have been stifled. And so we artists have the power to speak up for those who cannot. And you challenge and he's just challenging them and saying that you kind of have to speak up. <laughs> so, yeah. And so I related that to us being artists in STEM. So I have to ask you, what is an artist? What is art? And art is an act of expressing your feelings, your thoughts and observations. Art is a form of communication. Art is the expression, the application or works produced by human creative skill and imagination. 
And these last two are so important. And I feel like it really resonates to people pursuing a career in STEM or people in STEM. And art is a skill at doing a specified thing, typically one acquired through practice. And art is a skill acquired by experience, study, or observation. So these were a good bit of definitions that I found for art, but I feel like all of them are so fitting for what art is. And so I want to let you know that art is more than just putting a paintbrush on canvas. Art is what you produce through your creative skill. Art is your imagination. Art is like we are all artists. Although we may be pursuing a career in STEM, some people may have passions of actually drawing and painting and creating tangible art but art is still what you create in your field art is still how you show up in your field art is still your inventions art is still how you interact with your people how you interact in your field what you pursue what you create from your imagination from your skill from your observations and so although as people who are in STEM and the people who are graced to dominate STEM, our line of artistry may be a little bit different, but it's still art. I know we have, and I honestly, I know, no, no for a fact, and this is why exactly why I had to say that Mad Scientist drives to change the nonprofit game, and we have game changers here, which is why I will call everybody a part of Mad Scientist game changers. Because I know we have some game changers who are here and who are meant to go against the grain. And this is why I introduced to you, create dangerously. So some key points that I picked and pointed out from create dangerously from Albert Camus. Honestly, this piece is so good. It had so many great points to point out, but... Here are just a couple of the ones that I found. So what Mr. Camus did, Mr. Albert Camus, he opened Create Dangerously with the line. An oriental wise man always used to ask the divinity in his prayers to be so kind as to spare him from living in an interesting era. As we are not wise, the divinity has spared us and we are living in an interesting era. When I first read this, I said, what? Like that, really, I feel like that was such a, a captivating opening to this because I said, wow. And it really spoke to who Camus is. And Camus actually was someone who often questioned existence. And to be honest, like everybody here today, sometimes us, we question our existence and that is okay. God is okay with you questioning him. And I love that he started this with the wise man asking the divinity to spare him from an interesting era because I've often seen people, and sometimes we can do it ourselves, sometimes we can jokingly be listening to a song from the 80s song, early 90s and we say oh my gosh I was born in the wrong era I should have been born back in the 70s back in the 80s I just I just was born in the wrong time I don't fit in with y'all I don't dress like y'all <laughs> but 
I find it so fitting that he he opened up with this because we all do it. Sometimes we all ask God, why did you put me in an era like this? Why? But I want to tell you is that you were born for such a time as this. God knew exactly when you needed to be put in this earth when he created you. He knew exactly when you needed to be formed. And he knew that the day that you would breathe your first breath out after you exit your mom, that history would be made. History would be made from that day forward. And so you were born for such a time as this game changer. The era you were born in is the era you belong in. Okay? So it may be hard to live. It's so hard to live. I don't even want to say maybe. It is hard to live. Existing is easy. But to live out our purpose is so hard. And you know what? Honestly, I just thought about when Drake said in Moment for Life in the song with Nicki Minaj that I'm really trying to make it more than what it is because everybody dies, but not everybody lives. And I want to tell you that existing and living are two different things. But when you're living out your purpose, your God-given purpose, sometimes it can be a little challenging. It can be a little hard. But one thing I want to say is that we were created from the greatest artist, God himself. Someone who created this earth in six days and rested on the seventh. Created you, created me, created the skies, created the seas. He is the ultimate artist. And I want to say that. Why not create? It can be hard and it is exactly what Camus talks about. I want to ask you, why not create? We, we were created from the greatest creator himself. And he has given us the power to create from our hands, to create from our heads, to create from our gifts. So why not create? It's honestly, we're going to talk about that because creating can be dangerous sometimes. <laughs> and that's exactly why, that's exactly can be the answer to that question of why we won't create or why we're scared to create because creating can be dangerous sometimes. Creating can be scary sometimes. So Camus said, to create today means to create dangerously. Every publication is a deliberate act, and that act makes us vulnerable to the passions of a century that forgives nothing. So you all, we all know that first off, before creating anything, it's scary. And when you put it out, you now make yourself susceptible to judgment because people can slap all of their opinions onto it. When we create and step out, to change the game of whatever it is. We don't know whether it's going to be loved or hated. So we step out to change the game and it's either loved or it's hated. So Camus is saying that artists, and I quote from Camus, artists like everyone must take up their oars by continuing to live and create. So even though you may face the pressures of it being loved or hated. Camus is saying you kind of, as an artist, you have to embrace that. There are going to be people on this earth who may not rock with what you do, may not rock with the, the thing that you are in, the industry that you're in, the line of work that you are in. But he's saying create it anyway. 
He's saying, even though it may be dangerous and dangerous, not always meaning to the point of your life being in danger, but just dangerous to the point where you feel scared and people have their opinions being thrown at you. And so he's saying that we must take up our oars and continue to live and create regardless of this. And that there will be pressure, okay? There will be pressure. And some of this pressure will be internal. And I pointed out some pressures in two pressures that Camus talked about was internal pressure and societal pressure that we have. And so some internal pressures that we as artists will feel. And remember, I said we're still artists, even though our art may not be a paintbrush on a canvas, but we're still artists in whatever field we're in. Whether you are someone who's doing research, whether you're someone in technology, cracking the code, whether you are someone who's doing some great things, groundbreaking things in math, in space, whatever it is that you're doing, you still are creating some form of art. And so we all, when we're creating something, we have internal pressure. And I think internal, I don't even know what's worse, internal pressure or societal pressure. But that internal pressure, we can start asking questions like, am I good enough? Will people resonate with this? What if no one likes it? And Camus states, the doubt felt by the artists who preceded us concern their own talent. The doubt felt by artists today concern the necessity of their heart. Hence, their very existence. So people today, we're, we're not only being concerned with the talent, but we're concerned with the necessity of our art. Is my art going to be accepted? And not only that, we're not only concerned with that, but we're concerned with, am I, is my very existence necessary? Is my very existence going to be accepted? And so this battle is often fought within ourselves. And this is what Camus talks about is that we struggle internally and that artists can oftentimes struggle internally with this battle of not only is my art going to be accepted, but is my, does my existence matter? And so next, we have not only internal pressures, but societal pressures as well, or social pressures. So here, so some, a social pressure could be speaking up about injustice. So like I said, we had to go through something in 2020, the 2020. A lot of people said it had to be the worst year. But a lot did happen. A lot did happen during 2020, especially with racism and injustice, and fighting and marches, and really fighting for justice and to be seen, and for Black people, African Americans, to be seen as human beings. But yeah, I felt like that kind of when I when I was reading this, I, that's all my mind could go back to of uh, when he wrote this. I'm pretty sure there were social injustices during that that time, but today I just could only think about the 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 2020. And so, one pressure could be speaking up about social injustice. And so, Camus stated that the writers of today know this. If they speak up, they are criticized and attacked. If they become modest and keep silent, they are vociferously blamed for their silence. And so, you as a game changer. And whatever field that you're going into in STEM, 
there is this pressure of having to speak up for the voiceless, of having to be there, of having to fight for the injustices of whatever may be going on in your field. It could be racism. It could be sexism. It could be classism. It could be whatever it may be that you may feel this this pressure of having to speak up and that if you do speak up, you're going to be criticized because people are going to go against what you say. And if you don't speak up, you're going to be criticized because people are going to say, why aren't you saying anything about the injustices that are going on? And so this is one social pressure that Kimu talked about that a lot of artists may have because you're torn between, do I say something or do I not? Because it feels like I'm darned if I do or darned if I don't, you know? So here is the thing is that once we step out, we are no longer comfortable. And no longer being comfortable is something that a lot of us may fear. And it's something that I even struggle with to this day is do I really want to leave this spot of comfort and put myself out, put myself out there for people to see me, for people to hear me. But comfort is not the answer for living a great life. You serve no purpose to yourself, nor do you serve any purpose to anybody else living a comfortable life. We take risks, and that is where, in the words of Camus, true artistic freedom lies. Every step forward is a dangerous one. Every step forward is a scary one. Every step forward is a risky one. And honestly, because of this pressure, it could lead to artists to stop their pursuit of creating. But here, I just have to tell you that there comes a time where we have to, to, to question and ask ourselves, would I rather stay here in comfort and not be of a benefit to myself and anybody else? Or would I rather step out, step out of the boat, step onto the water, make that jump, make that leap? And actually make an impact and actually do the things that God has called me to do in my field. Leaving your comfort zone is scary. But somebody has to do it. Somebody has to do it. And so one of the last pressures, and it goes with one of the, the, uh, and honestly, it could be a a mixture of the internal pressure and the social pressure or societal pressure. And that could be the pressure of fame. Because there are, like I said, we have game changers who are listening to this podcast today who are going to change the game. And you are going to have some things blow up. Your publication, your research, your technology, your business, your findings, some of your work, some of your equations, some of your numbers, some of your formulas, whatever it may be your inventions, whatever you decide to create. We have some great game changers on here who are going to have some things blow up. And that is another pressure. And the pressure is fame. And honestly, I tell myself all the time, I'm like, I don't even want to be famous. I don't want the life that comes with that. I don't want the responsibility that comes with that. I just want my privacy. But yeah, so Camus states that any artist who goes in for being famous in our society must know that it is not he who will become famous, but someone under his name, someone who will eventually escape him and perhaps kill the true 
artist in him. So we all see that, especially you can name your famous person today, somebody, somebody that you look up to. When you become famous, you start to take on a new name. And what the public sees is different from who you really are. So you take on a new name for your talent, for whatever you've created, and it's a little bit different. It takes on a new form from what the world sees. And then the world can start shaping you into this person that you may not even be. And you can see things maybe on social media, the news, or covers of magazines of someone under this new name that has escaped you because of what you're known for. And the thing about this is, is that when you get popular, the world wants to know your personal life and everything that's going on. And so you could see things publicly about your private life. You know, that's the thing that comes with fame. Well, one thing I want to say about this is what, what I really was paying attention to was what he said towards the end where, he, where Camus said, perhaps and perhaps kill the true artist in him. And I want to say that you don't have to have the true artist in you be killed. I want to say that we were created by the best artist himself, and that is God. And so when we are experiencing some social pressure, when we are experiencing some of that internal pressure that we talked about, we have someone to lay back on. We have someone who can listen to us. We can go to that quiet place. We can go to that secret place and say, God, this is exactly what I'm dealing with. And he already knows, but he just wants to hear it from you. And this is, this God, this is what exactly I'm dealing with. And I just want to lay this at your feet. I'm feeling the pressure of this. I'm feeling the weight of this. And God can say, I'll take it. I'll handle it if you let me. If you allow him to. And so we don't have to have that true artist be killed in us. And to be honest, nobody ever wants that little childlike artist in us to ever be killed. And we shouldn't let society kill it. Nor should we let our internal enemy kill it. You want to be that, you want to continue to be that artist who can create. And I have to say again, we were created by one of the best artists himself. So I want to tell you, God is there. So don't shrink back. Continue to create. Continue to create. Even though sometimes it can be what, quote unquote, dangerous at times, but continue to create. God is there. So don't shrink back. And so I had to look up. Some people in STEM who created dangerously and related to what that means is us as people in STEM who are meant to create. And what I mean by saying create dangerously. So I was looking up somebody and I was thinking about who are some people who created in STEM but may not have had some things that were accepted, especially right away when they were creating. And that was somebody who is Ignaz. Simoes, Simoes. I hope I'm saying that right. Ignaz Simoes. And so what he was is a German-Hungarian physician. And what he did, 
is he was known as the father of infection control. But what he did was he worked in a maternity ward, right? And he found that when doctors and the students were going from patient to patient, mother to mother, they found that after leaving a mother who was sick and they went to treat another mother, the other one would get sick, right? And so he was finding that disease was spreading quickly. And it was because that the medics didn't wash their hands. And it was leading to the spread of germs. And so the mortality rate was getting high. So what he did was he told his students to wash their hands before treating the mothers in the maternity ward with a chlorine lime wash. And found that after telling these medical students to do this, the mortality rate went down 1% to 2% afterwards, right? And so he published these findings, and this was done in 1861 that he published these findings of what he seen after telling these medical students to wash their hands, and many people rejected it. It's, and I found that crazy how what we know today to be something that's so simple of course, we wash our hands. We wash our hands after using the bathroom. At least I would hope you do. <laughs> we wash our hands. Doctors and medical professionals are told to wash their hands before seeing patients. It's something that is widely known today. But imagine Mr. Ignaz Semowiz, who had this groundbreaking finding of all you have to do is wash your hands and it could reduce the mortality rate. We could have more people living if you guys were to just wash your hands. And many people rejected it. And often doctors rejected it and mocked him because they thought he was trying to offend them by saying they were dirty. But that wasn't the case. And what happened to Mr. Simowiz, I mean, I know it isn't the, uh, it isn't a happy ending at the end. So he went into alcoholism and people around him sent him to a mental asylum. And so... He ended up dying, but I don't want to focus on the unhappy ending, but what I do want to talk about is the ending of his works that were initially rejected of him going against the grain. He created something in a time that was considered dangerous. He created dangerously because what he was talking about, simple sanitation, hand washing was not considered mainstream during that time and so he was going against the grain and he created dangerously he continued to create that publication and the, continued to show up to conferences and talk about or even share his findings of what basic sanitation practices had done and how it had improved people in their lives and it was rejected and so this goes to say that we still have to create, even though people may not get it initially. We're still called to create, even though it may be hated, even though people may call us crazy, even though it may offend some people. We're still called to go after that God-given purpose because you never know what it could be tomorrow. It's hated today, but it could be loved tomorrow. It's rejected today, but it could be widely accepted tomorrow. And so... What is our responsibility? As Camus says, the time of irresponsible artists is over. 
As Camus states, writers were able to live in happy irresponsibility. Today, we cannot do that. We speak up for those who cannot do so. And as I mentioned earlier, we are not just here to be comfortable. As I mentioned earlier, we're not just here, we're not just in the field because we're going to get a lot of money or we're going to get the status or we're going to get awards or because your mom and dad said so. No, we're here to change the game. That is exactly what our responsibility is, and that is to change the game. And sometimes when we're called to change the game, we have those pressures, those social pressures, those internal pressures. But God is with you, I'm telling you. And when you start to shrink back and we start to have those internal pressures, those social pressures or societal pressures, sometimes we can start shrinking back from what God has called us to do. And when you start to shrink back, remember that if God has called you to it, he will get you through it. God does not get the glory in your comfort zone. Nor can you impact major people in your comfort zone. So I'm telling you, create dangerously. Let me say that again. Create dangerously. Create out of your comfort zone. Create against the grain. Create in a society that forgives nothing. Create dangerously. So, that has been another episode of Mad Mondays. I hope you guys enjoyed this just as much as I did. And honestly, I would encourage you to go and recreate Dangerously for yourself. It was so great. And honestly, it's a good bit of points in there that I couldn't even put in because it just would have been a three-hour episode. (laughs) One thing I want to say is that I want to hear your take on what it means to you to create dangerously or how as you being someone in STEM can create dangerously in whatever field you're in. So let us know on our Instagram at MadSciencesSC. And also you can follow me on Instagram as well at Marilyn Chanel. It has been a pleasure talking with you and I can't wait to speak to you guys again for yet another episode of Mad Mondays. I hope you guys enjoy your week and I love you. Look, all I wanna do is make the city project. Wishing all the OGs could see me, nah, nah, yeah. And when you feel something you can't see, but you know it's meant to be, you gon' realize that this is bigger than me, yeah.